Oh, Nathan, just another another day, another episode, you know what I mean? You ready to record, mate? Yeah, I'm ready. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Is that Logan on the balcony? Hello, boys. What are you doing there, Logan? Well, I was I was I was going to ask you boys the same question. What are you what are you doing in my house? I'm on my balcony. What have you got there in your hand, Logan? This is scotch. Um would either of you boys like a little bit of a top up or something like that? Brenton, I think Logan's trying to seduce us. Oh no. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Way! Whoa! We're back. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Classic Movie Banter. You know that podcast where me, that guy Brenton, and the other guy over there, Nathan. Hey. We talk about films that are 20 years or older. 20 years! And we tell you... Uh, you tell... Fuck me, guys. Sorry. He's fucked and we it up tell from you the our lovely. <laughs> And we tell you, our lovely listeners, whether those films are still worth watching today or not. Now, t- to much reluctance, mostly from me, we have a guest this week, you know. All from you. I'm so excited for this episode today, i got to say. We have our good friend, Logan. So, so we thought we'd take the opportunity to finally get Logan, who we've mentioned on the show a few times. I don't know if you know that, Logan, but you've, you've been the subject no, of I much don't. discussion on this show. And we thought we'd finally bring you on so our listeners could get to know you and uh, yeah, have a chat about a movie that, Logan, you chose today's film, which is actually The Graduate, starring uh, Dustin Hoffman and Bancroft and Catherine Ross, and was released in 1967. It was directed by Mike Nichols. Yeah, boy. Who, uh, the year before this, in 1966, directed Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, that classic movie. Oh. And he's also a prolific stage director. I actually, um, I, was, I was going through his credits, and I've actually seen one of this guy's shows. Oh, really? So, when I went to the US in 07, I got to see Spamalot, which is uh, <laughs> the musical version of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, he directed that show. Is he still alive? No, 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 no. Uh, he, oh, he, he was he then. Died in, he, he died in 2014. Yeah, oh, from a heart attack. Right. Apparently, I did I, I did some research on oh. him. I was really interested. Apparently, as a director, he was known for his... Because uh, he was a stage director first. Oh, yeah. He was known for, like, working really well with actors and getting performances out of actors that, oh, like, maybe... Were no not... wonder you've warmed up to him, mate. Oh, mate, he sounds like a cool guy. I, I kind of I, I kinda, I kinda like this guy, even though he's dead now, so... Well, I think this movie is all about getting a bit of experience. <laughs> experience <laughs> something logan needs more of frankly so well logan i don't know if you're familiar with the show at He's all not. but what we're gonna do is we're gonna uh, we're gonna ask you a question now we want you to pitch us the graduate can you pitch me the movie right well it's all about this poor young chap young dustin hoffman and i was surprised to know that he was young at some point actually kind of blew me away when i was like jesus christ he didn't have gray hair he wasn't teaching point. jack black kung fu yeah poor young chap he um he, he's he's just finished he's just finished studying unlike some of our excuse me fellow recorders <laughs> here today. i have a degree you're you're in university don't you throw rocks at me <laughs> we can all focus on university if we want but we all we all know the we all know the comparisons that could be made here today but we'll, we'll leave Dustin Hoffman sitting at home on his ass after uni doesn't know what to do oh who, who, who could we think of poor boy yeah and so he, he's not sure what to do with his life ahead of him bigger empty canvas um, something I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to at this time. So poor boy Dustin Hoss- Hoffman. Uh, but yes, no, poor boy. He's not sure what to do with his life, but he's offered the um the warm handshake of uh, Mrs. Robinson to help guide him through the tumultuous time of life that he had ahead of him. And not only that, I don't know. The one thing I didn't get, he's such a mopey boy throughout the whole thing, but he was such a, but he was such a player. I didn't understand how. 
Yeah. So he's just rude and Mrs. Robinson. That's that's the story. I was gonna say it's more like she's giving him a handshake, but you know we won't we won't go into that. Well, thanks for that. Thanks for that. You have me intrigued, uh, to say the least, and you had me so intrigued that we actually watched the movie, and now we're here to talk about it. So, uh. Nathan, I'll start with you. What did you think of The Graduate? I think this is definitely one of the best movies we've done. Like, I think hands down, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Really? It's pretty good. Top 10, top 5, top 20? I don't, I'm not going to give it a bloody number, mate. It's not, you know, it's art. You don't give art numbers. But this is good. This is like really, really fucking good, i tell you what. Alrighty. If this movie, you know, was a celebrity, it'd be like Scarlett Johansson, you know? It'd be... I'd be thinking a bit of an older actress if you're going to... Yeah, it'd be compare. a Helen Mirren, you know? It'd be a Judy Dench. Yeah, you know? yeah. Each to their own. I mean, Helen Mirren, I don't know, I don't know how... She'd go in the basket these days, but who even cares, you know? I think I think that's where it's going to be. So the movie, Logan, the movie, The Graduates. <laughs> did you like it? For my second time viewing it, I thought it. I thought it. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it, it it raises some important issues for young boys, young scallywags. Yeah, we're definitely the target demographic, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as Nathan said, he he feels he's got a very close connection to this character, having gone through some. You are just weaving fibs. Interesting. <laughs> I understand, like, because this film is really about paralysis and, like, the paralysis you get after doing so well and then you, you kind of have the world ahead of you and you're like, geez, what do I do? It kind of, I think it captures that, you know? Did it remind you a lot of American Beauty? Oh, I'd say, I mean, I found I found American Beauty kind of, like, kind of downbeat and stuff, but the, I don't know, I kind of let, when, at the end of The Graduate, you're kind of feeling pretty good about it. He's, mm. uh, he's got the girl... He might have fucked up a lot of people. You might have, sorry, French. He might have screwed up a lot of people's lives in the process, but who cares? As long as he's got the girl. It's all you need in a 1960s American uh, comedy drama. That's very true. What about you, Brenton? What do you think of this? Uh, I'm with you. I'm with both of you, actually. I think, I, I agree. I think this is one of the best movies we've reviewed. I get the point you're getting at, Nathan, with comparing it to the American, to, to American Beauty, because I get what you mean. Obviously, they're about, I guess, two different times in life. Like, this is, like, obviously early on, like, not having a, like, it's, it's still dealing with the same thing, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. the, the purpose of life, like, you know, what do you do? Like, like how it you know, sucks what, to be in the suburbs. Pretty much. And, like, you know, like, you know, you someone that's been built up for great things, do they, yeah. and they're not, and they're not doing those things, like, how do you deal with that you know and and we see how dustin deals with that in this movie getting like you know if i was to recommend this movie uh like easily I'd, I'd recommend it and say it's like really really good but i think it will make some people very uncomfortable no i'd agree with you brenton i think it's worth watching everyone should probably like give it a watch and see how they go but there's people that won't finish this movie i think i think there's people that it's going to make uncomfortable in the sense of like because of the relationship like like how come well it's not only just the relationship but what i like about this movie is that all i knew about it going in was the relationship you know yeah. There's a famous scene that's in this movie, and I yeah. knew that like that it was dealing with that. But it doesn't just deal with that. That's the thing. Like it deals obviously with with the issues that uh, Nathan just brought up. What I love about this is that it takes that idea and it and it runs with it like to the darkest point it could possibly go. Like it it, yeah. it unfurls it. Like it doesn't just sugarcoat this. You know, like you no. you are seeing the true ramifications of what would occur if this was to happen and shit just gets honestly shit gets batshit crazy yeah in this movie. it reminds me a lot of um it reminds me a lot of king of comedy the way that that film escalates totally yeah and and i don't know necessarily if you're going oh a romantic comedy the graduate starring dustin hoffman this this should be a, a grand old What's time a hoot? i think people i think people some people won't be prepared for what this film deals with but i'm glad it does and it's 
why I like this movie so much. If it, if it kind of like went around the issue and like didn't go to like the full extent of like what could happen or what, you know, might go wrong. Yeah, it's like worst case scenario if you sleep with an older woman. It's like... Because you think it starts as that one relationship, but you see like how that... Oh, is. Dustin Hoffman. It's just a series of fuck ups, isn't it? <laughs> I know. But um, technically speaking, apart from that, like obviously I'd recommend the movie because it's so well directed. Like all the performances oh, yeah. in it are outstanding. What is Dustin doing though? Like, he's so awkward, the whole movie. Honestly, I was kind of wondering, was this kind of... Was this why they picked him for Rain Man? Just like his... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, it was just... I found him kind of very hard to relate to early on. He just seemed kind of mopey, bit of a spoiled prick. I mean, that was a lovely car he got on early oh. on. Let's let's not beat around the bush That's what I mean. That. He's, he's got... Uh, we'll talk about this more in spoilers, but like... I agree. I think I think what works about him in this movie though is that he's so distant. He's not like he the the premise is relatable, but he's not really a relatable guy in no. the sense of like it's He's kind of an idiot for someone who wins all these accolades. Yeah. He's not a protagonist that's going to like let you in and like it's just like a simple protagonist that like it's easy to latch onto. No. He's like a complicated dude that's really fucked up. No. Probably from some bad parenting like obviously Oh yeah, his like, parents you, are horrendous. If you, if you, his parents are fucking crazy. And obviously, like, you can understand why he makes the decisions he makes, like, given what you can assume his upbringing was like and given that he kind of has life on a pedestal. But at the same time, I also like this movie is that, like, no one in this movie is, like, really a good person. Oh, like, no the daughter one. is. I think the daughter's okay. Questionable, nah. which we'll get into. We'll get into. Yeah, like, I agree yeah. With, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all idiots. They're all, and, like, and also, Dustin Hoffman's meant to be 21 in this. Does he look 21, boys? Does he look younger than us? Well, how old was he when he... Because it's his it? 21st birthday in the movie, if you remember. I assumed he was around that age. Yeah, he looks... I like, don't oh, know. In my opinion, if Dustin Hoffman said, oh, I'm just... I'm a young boy of 21, I'd be like, hmm, I don't know about that, mate. All right, well, let's, let's look it up. Let's do that segment on the show when Brenton looks up uh, important details that we need to know. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman's age. Also, his parents look quite young as well. I want to throw that out there. Like, they look like young totally. chaps. Yeah. Probably had him the Oh, end. okay. Nathan, you're going to bloody love this. So, so Dustin Hoffman was born in 1937. Jesus. So, he would have been in his 30s. I bloody called it. Yeah, he's, he's fucking 30. What's he doing saying he's just in college? Mrs. Robinson's actually 80 and not like in her 40s <laughs> or something like that. Uh, maybe that's maybe they did that deliberately to make the cut, maybe not look so weird that he's so young with a woman so old. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what, Nathan, you're probably not wrong. Like, you know, if imagine at the time, or like, you know, any time really, if they'd cast someone that was like of the age. They go you know like Tom I mean? Holland like, or something. <laughs> yeah, like especially yeah. like back in the day, like people would like, you know, this probably was already controversial. Like, you know. I don't know, like, because cause this is, like, pre-MILF days and, like, before, uh, like, American Pie and, like, you know, before... You, you know what What's I mean. What's that mean? Like, yeah, before, like, no, the no. general public <laughs> were aware of these extramarital kind of affairs. When was what? when did MILF days start? <laughs> oh, you know, mate. That was... That, that was the quote of the episode. Before the time of MILFs. <laughs> like, what... <laughs> But you know what I mean? I like, it was only when Nathan got to about 16 milfs <laughs> were suddenly a figment of his imagination. Shut up, all of you. Look, I feel like the, like, the general public has gotten more accustomed to the idea of older women with younger men. Like, we're like, you know... But but usually the opposite is true, wouldn't you say? Like, the opposite is more common oh, than yeah. an older man with a younger woman. Yeah, and this movie would be a very different film if the genders were swapped. I don't I don't know if... Uh, yeah, agreed. But, like, I don't know if society necessarily has, has gotten around the idea of an older woman with a younger man. No. And do you think this film helps with that? <laughs> what do well, you what do you think, Logan? <laughs> uh, I mean it's a tricky one, hey. Yeah. <laughs> that that's in simple terms that may be true, but Nathan, I don't think because Logan's right. 
the issue isn't necessarily the age. I don't know if age is ever necessarily the issue. It's mm. more, it depends on the person. And obviously depends if they're, they're already married, for instance, you Jesus. know, and they have, they have, they have children. You know what I mean? Like, I think. Yeah. This film definitely raises the moral issue. Totally. But like I said, it's good that like no one's like morally right. Like, I don't think anyone is right in this movie. No. Like, ever. I think people have good intentions, but like Ned Flanders says, you can't live on good intentions, Marge. You can't. Mate, the scuba diving suit was bloody good intentions. Let's let's not. <laughs> Jesus. I reckon um, Mr. Braddock. Braddock? 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 He, I think, stand out for him. He, he was a solid bloke throughout the, throughout the film. Actually, no. Mr. Robinson. I think at the end of the film, I, I, you felt really... Sorry. Um, are we supposed to not be talking about, like, spoilers still yet? Or like the yeah, no, no spoilers oh, yet. So, <laughs> it's all good. Well, yeah, no, Mr. Robinson, I, I found him a quite a, a likable character throughout the film, and you kind of sympathised without him really at the end. Oh, but he's responsible for a lot of this shit. If he actually got his shit together, like, years ago, none of this would have happened. I, I, I hear you as well, Nathan. Like, I think, I think yes, Logan, you're right. Like, he's probably the biggest victim uh, of circumstance in this movie. And what we see of him, like, he doesn't necessarily make, do anything wrong. But, he, no, he does. He no, does. he we'll does. Get into it in spoilers. He does. He, I take that back. He does. But, I, again, like, I don't know if likability is the thing that we're judging here. It's like, because I think a lot of the characters are likable. Elaine is likable. Yeah. You Know, Mrs. Mm. Robinson, to a certain extent, is a likable presence. Like, you can see that, like, she... Yeah, I bet you liked her, mate. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Parties you going to? <laughs> I think one of the good things about Nathan is he's got his acting down so well that you can't tell that he's trying to mask some emotions here. If, if, if you can't tell our lovely listeners, Logan likes to poke fun at Nathan a lot, and uh, Nathan Nathan doesn't enjoy it. Oh, yeah, some actual context for Logan. We're, like, we're mates that went to high school together and also now did college, so we've got we've got our fair share of stories on each other. There is a there's there is a history there, and if I could show you like what was actually happening, like the faces of us all right now, there would be two grinning idiots and Nathan who's just like hit rock bottom for just a yeah. single instant there. <laughs> Stressing out. But that's... Okay. <laughs> oh, stop it. But that's okay. Because here on Classic Movie Banter, we're all about the banter, and uh, I, I think things are going it. pretty well. You know, we are. We are, Logan. We are. Uh, so, Nathan, what were you going to say? I was going to say... <laughs> Bring us back to the movie. The, yes, the movie. So, like, the biggest aspect we've ignored that we ha- that you need to know before going in is that the- Mike Nichols made the genius move of getting Simon and Garfunkel to write the soundtrack for this movie. Oh, gosh, yeah. We haven't spoken yeah. about that at yeah. all. Yeah. I had no fucking clue that Simon and, Fun- Simon and Garfunkel's best tracks came from this movie. I had no idea. Mrs. Robin- the song Mrs. Robinson yeah. didn't ring a bell. And it's funny because like when, okay. yeah, when he first calls her Mrs. Robinson, I'm like, wait a minute. Is, it, is that the chick from the song? And the whole bloody movie, I'm waiting for Mrs. Robinson to play and it teases it like nothing else. I'll tell you what. I know. Oh. I was surprised how late it came. I was like, come on. I don't know about you, but Sound of Silence as kind of as the kind of montage when things were going well for him. It's yeah. kind of like it's kind of a melancholic song, but it's for the. I, it was not the way I'd ever pictured that song being used. Whereas no. I was thinking Mrs. Robinson, the song would be like jam pack in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, but it, there's a real tragedy to his relationship with Mrs. Robinson that that music tries to get across. That's ex- exactly right. Yeah. Like, I was going to say, like, I think The Sound of Silence is actually perfect where in its play, because it's, it's played a few times. There's segments from it played that are played a few times in the movie, which we won't talk about some of them. Yeah. But what I will say is that, like, it brings into question, because I think we, I can, we can all agree that we like this movie, we think it's worth watching, right? But labelling this thing as a comedy, 
I don't know if that's like right or wrong. You know, I don't know. It's got elements of both, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's yeah. it's definitely like I common was saying before. It's definitely a lot darker than I think people would expect going into it. Like yeah. where this movie exactly. starts and where this movie ends. Like the ending of this movie, which we'll talk about later, was pretty hard hitting. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. I mean, there's obvi- there's some points that you obviously have to have a laugh for um, Dustin's sort of awkwardness, but yeah, at the yeah. same time, it brings up some very heavy topics and yeah it does it does uh pull on your heartstrings yeah should we rate it you're fond of me lobster ain't you like tell you what thursday night absolutely put the graduate on i think it's one of the best movies explores you know the darkness of these relationships that go awry and also like if you've just graduated high school or university this is perfect like this is so gonna like tap into like the like you feel so yeah definitely for that crowd but also just any crowd like i think this is one of the pillars for all how young would you go brenton as far as age-wise recommending this. Well, we know that I'm going to be a terrible parent. Yeah. That's how I was raised. What I watch from a young age. But I would say that, like, you know, you should watch this 15 or or older, I'd say. Probably. MA. Yeah. I'd, rate, I'd rate it MA. Are you on the, the board of directors for rating movies? Just like, there we go. I am, actually. The MPAA. MA for don't want to put bad ideas in young boys' heads. Yeah, jeez. Don't offer people ride homes, apparently. Maybe you need, like, a, a cap as well. Say, not over the age of 30 for, um... Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that as well. But I was thinking, like, you don't don't show it to ladies over, or ladies or men over fifty that'll get the wrong idea. Oh, I thought I, I thought this movie would be more of a deterrent than a than a you know it probably than is. an encouragement to people. Uh. But hey, I get your point, like Logan. You don't know what people think when they watch things. No, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you were saying people might drop them out the movie halfway through and be like. Golly gosh, what have I been doing? This isn't the 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 Lord's word. Oh Jesus! Well, okay, I'm gonna um say that I'm gonna give this a thumbs up. I think it's supremely well made. It's like I I think like the performances are outstanding. I like that you know that we're kind of on this rocky territory the whole time. I like that it's not it's relatable. Like you relate to the to kind of what Nathan was saying, like the themes of the movie of being kind of stuck in a rut, not knowing to do what to do with your life and whatnot. Mm. But at the same time, the characters are all complicated in their own ways. I think uh, the direction is. A standout, uh, and Mike Nichols definitely de- deserved his Oscar that year. So, um, yeah, I-, I agree. I think it's probably one of the best, one of the most well-made films we've reviewed. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So, thumbs up. What about you, Logan? Um, well, going from a different point from you guys, I, I, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. One of the big points was obviously being recognizing a lot of the Simon and Garfunkel music made it quite a bit, of, quite a treasure. Yeah, that 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 really did it well. But also, it's obviously dealing dealing with some fairly sensitive issues, and the fact, as we sort of covered earlier, that it doesn't really kind of pull the blanket over people's eyes, it kind of shows you the repercussions of what you do. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that sort of sobering aspect of it. Logo found it sobering. What a turn of tables. Ah. All right, well, if we've all given it a thumbs up, let's let's spoil this movie. You spoiled it. What? The movie. Oh. All right, where do you want to start? I, this is an interesting conversation because I feel like this movie kind of is, is set up in a way to be like, yeah, Dustin Hoffman is kind of the victim in this whole scenario. Like at the start, you're like, oh, he's just a young lad and she's propositioning him. Yeah. And she's married. Oh, no. But like... Man, like, Dustin Hoffman is, like, a real kind of pervy guy in this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. He is not a good guy yeah. at all. Mm. He, he, you know, it's presented that way at first, and the more you, the, the fact that he decides to go along with this, and then the fact... He knows. He knows from the get-go, like, what's going on. And he keep and he keeps lying to people, like, the, the lies he tells Elaine, that it's like, you know, because he admits, he has to admit that he's, like, you know, he's been fooling around with a married woman, and then the fact that he says that she's got a son or whatever, and then, like, but... Like I said before, things just continue to escalate. Do you reckon he digs his own grave? Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Like, he makes it worse for himself all the way through. And then not only that, but she makes it worse for him as well. And probably makes it worse for herself when she, like, sprouts the lie that, like, he raped her and whatnot and, like, probably told her her husband that. And, like, who knows what goes on and what who knows what and what the actual truth is of, like, what these people, like, think is going on. And, like, so as it goes on, things just get so messy <laughs> that it's like they do it's kind of unbearable but like you can't take your eyes off like this car crashing in front of you it's just insane and a car nearly crashes as well holy shit oh jeez. <laughs> do you always drive like this what a line <laughs> i know what do you think logan like do you think like he like who's to blame in all of this you know who you're pointing fingers at i mean similar to brenton said it's not it's not you can't just point it at one person uh, mrs robinson from the get-go i she seemed like a fairly sinister character. I don't know sinister might not be the right word early on, but as it develops, I thought, yeah. She's definitely she taking advantage of him. Like, she sees his weakness and, like, praises yeah, him. Yeah. Without a, yeah, without a doubt. Poor boy. But then, yeah, at the same time, he... Oh, just how he was acting at the party and stuff at the start, just trying to, like, brush off everyone. And even... From the first scene in the movie, you see him on a plane and he just, like, looks the most bored, upset. He just looks like completely bored yeah. on his plane. To be on a flight in the 60s... Yeah, you'd be so elated. And not be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is the power of flight. How spoiled yeah. can you be? <laughs> yeah. Looks like you're on a plane. He gets given everything at the start of this movie. You see his cool car, you see the house they're living in and, like, you know, Jeez. how many people are over at once, how big that pool is when he goes scuba diving. Yeah. And he's, and it's like, it's like an eight foot deep pool, I think. Like, it's, or, you know. It's crazy big, yeah. And he has, he gets given all these things and yet it's not enough, he, you know. And that's what I mean. Like, money can't buy you happiness, I guess, in that sense as well. And, like, you know, he has all, he has the best education and whatnot and, uh, yeah, he still can't decide what he wants to do with his life and he decides that his best use of time is uh, to go to the hotel with Mr. Robinson and uh, have some little rendez vous as they call them. What an, what an idiot. It's interesting though, and even at the end of the movie, they still don't really touch on the topic of if he's found out his goal in life. Yeah. Um, I love that. that sort of gets sidelined. The, the ending is so fucking dark, dude. Like they, they like like you said before, Logan, like it ends on a happy note, and I was like, I don't know if I agree with that because it because the whole time I was going like, how the fuck are like these two like going to end up together? And how like it's again like she makes the wrong. Did you presume they were going to be? Well, I, I I couldn't have picked it. Like to be honest, like the fact that like she still falls for him and runs away with him, and you know they can you can pre- presume they're going. Is away. there a real good reason as well? It's never really explained why she kind of loves him. No. I think it kind of makes sense. I think there is kind of something alluring about him. Like I can I can understand like because like you can understand like that night like when they go on that date like and he fucks up royally like the fact that like. She she sticks yeah. with him, Nathan. Even even after, like, you know, it's a miracle after, like, she finds out the true extent of, like, what's been going on with yeah. her mom. They're eating burgers and they're like, oh, lol, that was weird. Like, <laughs> I get angry too. Okay, guys, like, getting real. Would you ever... <laughs> expect on a first date for it to go well if you like met this girl for the first time you know you'd seen her seen a few years ago in high school but now like you've met up again and you go you know where I'm gonna take this girl I'm gonna take it to a strip club and I think it's gonna go really really well you know and we're gonna and, 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 and the thing is it ends up going really well like I just I yeah like that's insane well obviously he was taking there because it didn't he didn't want it to go well but yeah for, for to turn around at the end and be like he got a kiss out of it and then and then it was and she's like this is really lovely at the end it's just like i don't know is it this it's just, she's just a bit of a they didn't really give her the full depth of the characters they would these days i don't know it was kind of a lot of things i was like dustin this sort of fell on your hands it's kind of like it didn't it didn't make a lot of logical sense well to me. the thing that was kind of tragic about their relationship the whole time was that i was going like if he just said no in the first place and gotten over his bullshit and just asked this girl out or whatever like and you know just gone on that date without all the baggage of what had happened like in the weeks previously or whatever you know it probably would have went well 
Or maybe it wouldn't have. I don't know. Maybe. No. Maybe. What an idiot. What an absolute idiot. Because he shouldn't have had a crack at the daughter in the first place. Like, what What? What was your train of thought thinking? Oh, yeah. yeah. I fucked the mum. Somehow I'm going to now date the daughter and this will end well. He's he is like so immature as a character when he's like, look, I don't want to do this. I don't want to take your daughter out on a date because I really like you. But my dad's been giving me shit. Like for the last week, and I just can't handle it anymore. It's like, mate, you've been dealing with shit evidently your whole life from your parents. So, like, just swallow a fucking pill. I'm gonna take your daughter to a strip club, and she's gonna hate me for it, and it'll be all good. We can just go back to normal. We won't even think about the family <laughs> dinners we have with the Robinsons in the future. Yeah. When, like, how was that one date? Oh yeah, we got we went to this strip club. What a, what a shit stripper as well. Like the stripper can clearly see the woman's not having a good time because she's not even watching the show. And then the stripper's like, oh, here's a good idea, and just like completely like flashes her boobs above her. It's like like she's also bad as well. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> like we said, the worst person in the movie goes out. To <laughs> she's not helping, frankly. <laughs> and then like and like and she has the correct reaction when Dustin Hoffman tries to attack her at one point. But also like, what are you doing, Dustin? Like, oh, oh. did also did it like the daughter realized they were going to a strip club like clearly it'd be evident that you're about to walk into a strip club so wouldn't you just stop him at the door saying like wait no was it i wasn't evident to me nathan how did you know strip clubs in general like <laughs> you get you get a vibe you get a gist you know i did not get i thought they were literally just going to some jazz bar until like it all turned around and you saw what was going on but um it's glad to know that we've got an uh, we've got, <laughs> we've got a, an expert we've got a, we've got an established patron <laughs> of the um arts in our midst. And look. Do you know that one? Shall I? Had you been Shall there? <laughs> I know you like I know you like to go to famous sites of movies. When you went to when you went to LA, were you like first stop? I would not go to that strip club. That looks like a shit strip club as well. Like it doesn't look like a good time. So like, <laughs> does it? What, what 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 defines a good strip? You know, like I don't know, like the one from Cabaret, like you know that kind of stuff. You know, there's like an energy. That's, and a, like ca- a, ha- that's a cabaret. That's a cabaret club though. It's not a look. I don't think I don't think like happiness could be synonymous with strip clubs. You know, I'm gonna save you from digging your own grave right now, right now, Nathan. And I'm gonna change to another scene. Can't we ask him why he likes Liza Minnelli so much? Is it the pixie haircut? Look, actually, you know what I really want to talk about? I want to talk about um when okay, he first... Okay, here we go. You know, because I want to say... <laughs> well when, I, I want to talk about that first scene where he, like, sleeps with her. Because for some reason... Yeah. And I want to know if you, what you think about this. For some reason, like, she takes him back to her house and she has this insane bar. Like, the best bar you have ever seen in a home. And she's got these, like, gigantic bottles to pour, like, the scotch and bourbon with. She is an alcoholic. That's true. But it is bizarre, like, that those... Like, obviously, they're getting the liquor and they're storing it in those, like, new canisters or whatever. Including a lighter. Yeah, the running gag of this movie is that, like, he keeps asking for a fucking bourbon. And, like, yeah. the dad keeps pouring him scotches, like, over and over again. And, like, just just, just the little, like, the little losses and, like, the little disappointed look like Dustin Hoffman has on his face every time. It's like, oh, scotch again. Oh, he looks so doe-eyed the whole movie. And at the end of the film, the, the dad's like, what did I do? Was it something I said to you? And Dustin's actually thinking, you bloody kept giving me uh, <laughs> scotch when I wanted bourbon, mate. That was like, yeah, that was the uh, the motivation the whole time was uh, was uh, vengeance. But like also, like when he sleeps with her, like when he finally, well, not he doesn't sleep with her that first time, but did you find it weird that the movie inserted random nude images? Like when she first strips? No, I thought like, I thought about it. At, f- at first, I was like, "That's weird," and I was like, "Actually, you know, it's kind of brilliant in a way, like in terms of editing, to like to, to show that because, like, uh, like it's it kind of like shows his frame of mind of like being in a situation, like because I, I can't imagine about being in 
that situation of just like you know one of like w- one of like your family friends like mum is like propositioning you and has just walked in the room stark naked like it would be like overwhelming um, yeah. to, to put it lightly so like I, I think that's like what it's trying to establish but like what's even more fucked up about that scene is that she takes him to her daughter's room to show yeah. him like, a portrait of his daughter of her daughter and then is like lures him into that room and is like going to do the deed I guess like in that room until he gets out of there but oh man like that's just like beyond beyond messed up oh it's no good and it's so weird this is a weird universe because for some reason every adult in this movie is encouraging Dustin Hoffman to have sex like everyone like oh make sure you see a couple girls before you start the next school like everyone's encouraging him to have roots and I don't know why why because he was young and he was unhappy (laughs) everyone's like just have a little bit of sex you'll be happy after that yeah That'll sort him out. Bizarre, that isn't it? Like, it's like, and it's literally like every single adult in this movie doesn't actually address the problem that is obviously, you know, hindering Dustin Hoffman, which is the fact that he's he's lost. And so, like, everyone, everyone, his parents are trying to set him up. Like, his his friends' parents are trying to set him up. Not that he's a bit of a stalker and. All this other stuff. <laughs> That's true. There's, yeah. there's there's a lot of montages in this movie, and I love the montages in this movie mainly for the use of the Simon and Garfunkel music yeah. and like and how like and how it yeah. changes between scenarios. There's that great one when when he starts seeing Mrs. Robinson and like the juxtaposition of his home life in the pool and then like how he like falls into bed like with her and whatnot. But the worst montage is the stalking montage oh, towards geez. the end of this movie, where he's just like out and out just following this poor girl. Every like he he goes he goes like interstate or something at some point to follow yeah. her, like to where she's going to college like it's crazy it's no good when the, i was reading about the original book as well and apparently like he he go he goes to try to find her then they're getting any that he drives to the 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 blokes the bloke she's getting married to he drives to his house they're not there he then flies interstate on the same day to like try to chase them down wow. just, he's going to the nth degree he's bloody north by northwesting it he's spoiled rotten like you know you know, <laughs> this is going to sound really bad, but really funny at the same time. Not that I would, but if I were to stalk someone, I don't know if I'd be in the financial st- position, let alone when I was like 21, to like go fly into state and start like following someone around yeah. like 24-7. You know what well, I mean? They, like, well, the parents make a point that he's been given all this money and that kind of stuff as like grad presents. But that's fucking crazy, dude. Like the fact that like he, like at that point, he hasn't like been doing anything and the parents have spoken to him about like you've spent like weeks on end just like drinking beer and sunbaking in the pool. And they're like, so here's yeah. some more cash. Go and go and stalk someone. It'll be great. Yeah. You know? Well, the weirdest thing was he tells the parents, he's like, I'm going to go marry Elaine. And they're over the moon. And <laughs> like, wait a like, minute. Oh, she doesn't actually know yet. She doesn't like me. And he's saying all this stuff and they're like, yeah, okay, go off to Berkeley now, son. It's like, at that point, you got to think, like, something's not right. He's not even enrolled. He's just sitting in classes, like... And I love that montage of where he's, like, waiting for her in between classes and he's nagging her to marry him. And, like, he'll go by a door and then, like... That was so weird. At least for me, I found it incredibly, yeah, creepy. It is very, very creepy. He's very committed, to say the least. But he's just so naive, this whole movie. Like, you can clearly... Like, you can tell he's a virgin, like, the second you meet him. How do you know, Nate? What, what, how would you usually act around uh, a Mrs. Robinson, Nathan? What would have been your... Well, I wouldn't pull the face he pulls when he tries to like touch her boob where he just like he looks almost scared oh, to touch all- it oh. goes knocks his head on the wall yeah were you thinking he was about to scream like bad Dobby at one point 
<laughs> I feel that. He's just banging his I head. I was like, bad Dobby. <laughs> That's a good thing to bring up. Like, I didn't think about that. But now that you said that, I can't stop thinking he about it. He picks up the lamp and just like, starts whacking his head with it. Just like... <laughs> The way that she plays him in that scene, like how he, how she, like you know, states the obvious that he, like, he's a virgin and he's not comfortable with the situation, and then he's like, "Oh, I'll show you." And the way that scene ends before it goes into the montage, and it's like the light behind him, he shuts the door, and like as the door's shutting, it's like that quick cut to her face as it goes dark. Yeah, great filmmaking. I was just like, "Oof." It's it's weird as well, like the way they continue to have sex, and then at one point their sex just turns into like like therapy. Where he's just like, tell me about your husband. <laughs> oh, he brought up such weird topics. Of, though he's like, let's have a chat about your daughter. Yeah, you know who in their right mind? I mean, maybe maybe I've become a bit cynical towards him, but I was just like, that's like it's just a weird topics of conversation. Oh, you lost your virginity in a Ford. Let's have it. This is this is some really good uh, pillow talk. My favorite thing that yeah. he says to her during this conversation, I wrote down the line where he says. You're the most attractive out of all my parents' friends. <laughs> what, what a backhanded compliment. Are you going to write that down for the future, Nathan? Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. I'll, 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 tell, I'll say it next time we have family dinner. Oh, uh, well, I know I know there's good genes in my family, so I'll take that as a compliment at the end of the day. Uh, so going back to that scene, one of my favourite moments in it is like what Logan brought up with uh, when he asked about like, you know, where they got together and it's established that like she's in a loveless marriage because like she got pregnant from this guy yeah. early on or whatever. And when she says, oh, he was like, where did it happen? She's like, oh, it was in his Ford or whatever. And he starts, like, laughing, like, at the fact that they, like... Yeah, just because just it's a Ford? <laughs> no, but it's not even that. Like, the hypocrisy of him, because it's like, all right, mate, how did you lose your virginity, mate? Like, you got with, like, one of, like, your family friend's mum in some, like, fucking hotel that On you booked out. credit card. I, yeah. I know, like, it's just so... It, it, the fact that he laughs about it, like, made me dislike him so much. And I also think the other point I was going to bring up is that I think Dustin Hoffman's character... Like, this is kind of going to, like, what, what uh, the Rain Man comment, I guess, that uh, Logan made before is that he shows some behaviors that like you know you wouldn't be surprised if he went and got diagnosed and it ended up this guy was like a sociopath or something you know what i mean yeah, yeah. i mean i definitely could see it on a current affair that like bloke travels halfway across <laughs> the country to try to spoil yeah, like young doesn't hoffman and cuff <laughs> slept with mum he like he had like a bit of a tussle with a dad like elbows the dad yeah. to the oh. at the end. it's just like <laughs> when he grabs the cross and he just starts <laughs> flailing it about and keeping the wedding guests at bay <laughs> Oh, man. It's great. Also, okay, how about the time he goes to the lane on the date? I mean, that was one of the weirdest things I'd ever seen in a film in terms of like, it was just so creepy. He just follows along. Oh, we'll go. We'll go. I'll follow you into the zoo now. Oh. I thought he was actually going to stick with her throughout the day. Totally. If you okay, if you if you fancied someone, and like let's take it, let's take out of the scenario that you've travelled interstate and that you've been following this woman for days. Let's just say that like you know you've you've run into her and you're like you're on a bus or whatever, and she's like, I'm going to the zoo to go on a date, and you fancy her, and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sabotage this thing. I'm also going to come to the zoo, and I'm just going to follow you and just introduce myself to this guy to be like, hey, I see you. But it didn't even seem like he wanted. To sabotage it, I know. Yeah, because he fucks off after. He was just being, yeah, so, selfish, I guess, at the end yeah. of the day. He wasn't thinking about whatever she wanted. Yeah. And the day she got married and she's still like, oh, he's still like, nah, I reckon, I reckon I've got a shot here still. <laughs> I don't know what's going through his head. And, and, and also, what, like, I, we never find out what happens to the doctor. Like, he's there at the wedding, but, like, he's pretty, like, you know, he doesn't do much this movie. He's kind of just there. Yeah. The, the doctor that the daughter ends up actually marrying. Like, yeah, Carl. Uh, Carl. Yeah, Carl. Carl. He's kind of, he's kind of not, he's not doing much through the whole movie. Coral. He's just there. <laughs> no, like, poor Carl. Poor Coral. Uh, going back to the ending, though, like, 
so so they run away and like surprisingly this all kind of works out for them both like you know she she puts everything the history aside and you know the baggage aside and they run off and they get in the back of the bus and that last shot where it's just oh like, yeah them silently on the bus yeah. so, sound of silence plays and you're just like fuck man this is like the circle of life it's just gonna start all over again it's like, genius I'm not, yeah this is just not gonna end well like how do you move on from the baggage like and people do like don't get me wrong I get that there's like some really fucked up family situations with some people that like bad stuff's happened and people find a way to go through and stay optimistic and yeah. you know we all know how Carol Baskin met her husband well hey that's a great example like yeah. you know what I mean like like there's shit that happened and, like that second husband I don't know how he's feeling but hey they've found a way to be happy in that yeah. situation you know so like I get that that happens but like it's it, it is tragic at the end of the movie that you're like wow that actually worked out for them but well, it, maybe we don't really don't, know. For now, I, for now. They, but that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, but like, yeah. like uh, this is putting a positive spin on it for now. And then the fact that it just like does that flip at the end, and that you like it again, it goes into the darkness of that situation of just like that's going to be a tough, tough ride. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was curious. They kind of glossed like his his parents didn't make uh, Dustin's parents didn't really have much of a role in the latter half. Yeah. Of but I'm really was curious like. Did like did his dad's business relationship with because they were partners together? Did that fall apart and stuff? They just they, they just like it was all glossed aside. Yeah. If anything, because this movie runs at one hour forty five, and it's packed for an hour forty film. Yeah, it's 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 great pacing. Don't get me wrong. It's 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 basically like it's it's so well edited. Like you can tell there's no there's no fat on this movie. But I would have loved to see Logan. It's funny that you bring that up. Showing like the dad calling the other dad and being like, fuck you, like your son, like, and what the son did and him having to face the repercussions from his own family. Cause you can't imagine yeah. that yeah. Like, it would end well there either. You know, like even if he gets cut off and he actually has to work, like that maybe wake him up. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Cause he's just breathing on it the whole time. But I think Dustin overall has a weird relationship to power. Like, I don't know why this whole movie, yeah. he keeps on calling her Mrs. Robinson. Like, why do we never hear her first name? I guess that's trying to emphasize the point about the age gap or whatever. Um, mm. And obviously he was a very insecure young lad of 30. Yeah. It's interesting, Nathan, because I do think there's a power, there is a relationship with power there with him. And like, mm. you know, is the fact that he chases Elaine because he really likes her? I think I think it is. Like, I think that like they do have a chemistry or is it the fact that like she says she she says no to him and she says no to his decision. Well, that's he another thing. Handle that. Because he, he, he's so power hungry, he wants to marry her instead of date her. Which I found odd. Yeah. Like, he just immediately wants to be the husband rather than yeah. actually see if the relationship works first. And the fact that at the end, like, one of, like going back to that end shot, because I just think it's it's brilliant. It's like, that that last scene is just, like, so well, like, definitely We handled. get it. Just kiss already. No, but she looks at him in the back of that bus and, like, looks at him expectingly. Like, and as you would, like, you've just run away, you know, you've through all that shit, you've finally gotten away and you're finally together and he doesn't look at her once and it's so fucked up, you know? As a like, giggle. Yeah. 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 Like, the fact that he doesn't acknowledge her. And she keeps peering over to him. It's like, yeah. It's good. Oh, man. I was just like, oh, no. Brenton's now just going to get in the bus after this episode and be like, oh, someone look at me. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. I, I just try to look people in the eye. Like, even like you know, even if they look away, I just kind of uh, like idle around so that I'm like in their field of vision again. Hi, I'm Brenton. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. It's like when it's like that scene in Joker when he tries to like play with the kid and like the maybe mother's like, don't, don't touch my child. Yeah, it's like that scene in Joker when like he's in the hospital and the gun comes out of his shoe and he's like, oopsie. Oh, Jesus. Look me in the eye. It'll be fun. I swear. I swear I'm completely sane. But could you imagine that being that that woman on, on the bus who's like overhearing this conversation between Dustin and, and Elaine? Turns around. She's like, what the fuck is going on? She's you normal. mad boy. That was a great moment when she's just like, yeah. he's, he, her face is just like, 
his face is just there, like in between the two of them, and she just looks around, like, and that's how the scene it like hard cuts from that. Oh. She's just like, "What the fuck has gone on here?" Man, I'd like to know. I'd like to know her backstory. You know, yeah, I think she's, she's got a story to she's tell. She's just that innocent bystander watching all of it. She she grew up in a fairly normal family. Didn't try to go for her, um family friends, younger boys, yeah. and whatnot. She just she's straight down the line. Proud American lady doing her part. Maybe. Like, I like that idea. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe that, like, she, like, sees them and she's like, I've been here before. <laughs> she's thinking, she's thinking that Dustin, man. Oh. What a looker. <laughs> I've got some bourbon at home for him. Oh, <laughs> One of the strangest things I found in that situation was um, it started off by him sort of saying, I'd never ask out Elaine. And then it ended up him being like, why can't I go for Elaine? And it, mm. I think it, it does maybe shine a light on what you were saying earlier, Brent, about him being especially power hungry. Because it did kind of, he did he did like a complete one, well, he did a, a few 180s in that. He was almost going to leave and then he came back. But yeah, he said, oh, I'm not interested in her whatsoever. Then it suddenly went to, yeah, well, maybe I do like her. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? I think it's like one thing. I think it's like the power thing that Nathan brought up. But um, the other thing as well is that I think like when someone's that insecure and they're that lost, I think that finally finding a chemistry with someone they think that that might be the answer. And sometimes it is. I'm not saying it's not because people find love and they find whatever it is, they find a relationship that like grounds them and like they, they work as a team, you know, and that, that gives them some meaning. In my opinion, in my opinion, there's something in Dustin Hoffman in Ben, Ben, the character that it isn't necessarily that is the answer. I think there's something that's just like deeply no. wrong. In terms I don't know what marriage would do for him. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know what would fix his ailment. I don't think it's necessarily fixed at the end of this movie, but there's something wrong there that he needs to dr- address within himself. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's interesting. Maybe they Bonnie and Clyde it or something. It could be. I'd be curious if we watched this in 67 and if we'd be still thinking he is incredibly forward or whatnot, or would that be, it'd be kind of swept under swept under the rug. Yeah. Is it much like, I'm wondering I agree. with yeah. age. That's a good point. We keep looking at this with a modern lens. I like. was reading one review about a guy that was saying, like, back in the time he was like, or back in the 60s when it came out, the, the movie reviewer was saying that he considered it to be such a, um, a, a bit of a jovial film, blah, blah, blah. And then when he went, when he, when he went back to review it, like, 40, 50 years yet, he's like, he's like, I really feel with Mrs. Robinson now. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's interesting. I, I think, I think, I think, and it's a credit to the filmmakers and like, you know, because I think that this movie is timeless in that sense, you know, like it, it is, it is going, it doesn't pussyfoot around it. It goes straight for the, the jugular, so to speak. And it really gets into this yeah. problem. And so like, you can, you can watch it and you can have a laugh and you can not, you can, you, you can take it as deep as you want to take it. I think in this movie, like someone could watch this and just go, oh yeah, that was a bit of a laugh. Like I, I can't imagine being in that scenario. Yeah. So, like, it's, you get to choose the level of engagement. It, it's funny to me that like kind of happened and I just can't imagine something like that ever existing. Whereas I think the way we've taken it is in a modern context is that, and I, I don't I don't know if it's necessarily a modern context in saying that. I just think it's that like for some reason the three of us because we could have easily been like, oh what a what a laugh like you know the fact that like this is going <laughs> an on. older woman huh, who would have thought of that? But we've kind of taken it and been like, yeah, these these characters are really deep and like you know there's there's something deeply wrong here and it's interesting to get into. And yes, there is some levity in there so to speak, like between the awkwardness awkwardness with Dustin Hoffman. And there's some there's some scenes in it that you just kind of laugh at. But I laugh because it's if I wasn't to laugh, it'd be so uncomfortable to like handle. You know what I mean? Like that's true. Yeah. One character we haven't talked about, who I think is a good guy, this whole movie is the landlord at the college. The way that Dustin deals with yeah. him, and I and I love everything about him, especially the way that like Dustin is like you know having to be kicked out of the of the college. But if for some reason he takes forever to actually leave, even though he's been booted out, he's just like, oh, can I use your phone? And the guy's like. 
Nah, <laughs> I'm gonna call the police. Like, get out. He he was an interesting one because I agree that he's probably yeah he's probably the only like morally sound person in yeah. the movie. Like he understands straight away that like there's something afoot here and like he doesn't want it. He doesn't want his tenants to be affected by it. He just wants this dickhead out. And and it made me think because at the start of this movie, Dustin is celebrated as this great guy that you know that you can imagine he was like every you know he yeah we F- hear about it but we don't see it. But, like it doesn't match his actions. That's what I mean. Like he's it's it's so interesting in that sense of like someone that like you know is built up to be this great thing but like are they actually that you know what i mean like uh. is is that a solid ref- reflection of of this of, of his character uh, and it's like it's funny that that guy sees through it straight away but there's other people that don't and this is what i mean like none of the other characters really i don't know have his best interest at heart they don't actually see what's going on there or try to fix the situation whereas that guy he's like onto it straight away he's really personable and i uh. like that it, it was making me think of just like through his schooling like all the teachers it sounds like were just like so over dustin you know like they were so like what a great guy like you know like captain of the football team or whatever it was you know what i mean like what a you know what a sound bloke and it's and he's lost it's kind of sad someone yeah. just needed to shake this kid and be like wait give him a smack on the face don't do it grow up stay in the pool drink beer yeah i do love it i do love it when the dad came to visit like him at the college and and when he says like to him, I hope you don't mind if I don't shank your hand. And he kind of like leaps over the bed as he says it. Like, Yeah. Out of all those college scenes, Logan, were you getting like flashbacks to when we were at college? No, but I guess you did. I mean, not for those reasons, you know. Living in the moment. You were, it, it, it reminds you of trying to court girls in and out of class. No. I mean, I'm sorry to say Nathan, but it's not the same now. You can't, you can't. It's, it's considered weird if you chase them that much these days. That did days. not happen. What I was thinking of was more when, like, shit would go down in the bedroom and you see, like, five other blokes just, like, down the hall being like, oh, what's going I on didn't, here? I never, I, I wouldn't usually have five other blokes in my bedroom either. So. Peering through the door. <laughs> You know, like, like that shit happened all the time. You know, you'd hear something down the hall and you're like, oh, here we go. And like one of the, like the, that's weird too. Mate, you don't want to listen to other people's <laughs> No, but you'd hear Nathan, like, you'd hear some shit. I think I'm going to have to put you in touch with whoever Dustin got put in touch with because I think you, you need <laughs> some underlying issues here. We need to flatten out. There's never a moment, Nathan, that you can like approach Logan and just like, like say something and just bring up a point and it just be like taken, like, you know, without like some other context being brought into it. I do. Ag- I do agree. It was, it was, it was seeing all the college scenes and stuff. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, brought me back to better days. You would say, can I ask you guys a question then? Did you, did you ever hear like, a blood-curdling scream in the middle of the night just, no. like, come from a room. No, God, no. Because you'd imagine... I mean, you should see, see some of the girls Logan brought back. Like, you get maybe hints of that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. This one girl, um, she had, like, this really nice dress for her ball, and someone poured coffee all over it. And she let out quite a sh- shriek right then. Do you, do you remember this story, Nathan? I feel like you might have been a close vicinity to the whole whole matter. Oh my god! No, I don't remember this. This is this this fades from the memory. I, it's it's a long. Wait, wait, wait. Was memory. it was it was it an intentional pour of the coffee? Can I ask, or was it accidental? Accidental, very very accidental. Of of, of course, just checking, just checking. It's nothing worse than when you accidentally wander into some poor girl's room with some coffee and a- followed by a <laughs> sincere apology. Did everyone did like everyone rush? Did like the the head of the dorm like rush to the room and everyone was out going, "What's wrong?" and like. A Bit. They're like, don't worry, don't worry. I've I've given her a glass of water. It's gonna be fine. She's <laughs> Look, fine. there she is, drinking water. Yeah. Get out, get out now. Oh jeez. <laughs> That's why Nathan moved to Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> uh the last the last real thing I wanted to bring up at least for me in the spoilers, was that when he tries to actually chase his way to the wedding, there's a scene where he goes into the petrol station and like, yeah, and he yeah. rips apart a phone book with, to no end, like no questions yeah. asked. And then the mechanic buys that he's a revenant. Yeah, he's the brother of whoever's getting married. I'm like, who's buying well? this shit? Like, like, 
the guy's like, oh, do you need any any help, father? And, and that's what like, jumping in the car, like, this sports car. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm off to the wedding. Like, yeah, yeah, I forgot where the church is oh. at. Yeah, you're the revenant. You don't know where your own fucking church is. It's like, what people idiots? Like, what's going on? I gotta say, like, Dustin Hoffman's character, like, is really, must be really good at, like, the old cross country. Maybe that's what he, was his thing in school, because... He fucking like legs it from that car, like to, and still manages to make it. By the way, how fu- like I know it's not meant to be funny, but it was still kind of humorous when he was like calling out Elaine's name. Oh yeah, <laughs> Elaine, 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 Elaine. And then the way she said Ben was even funnier. Like it was just, it was just a moment. You're like, of course oh, she they sh- screamed it. Of course they're meant to be together. Yeah. Like that'd just be them at home. Elaine. I love that banter when he's like in the bathroom trying to ask the boys where the wedding is. He's like, oh yeah, give her a smooch from us. <laughs> like, they're all just throwing shit. Oh, a bit of the cake. Yeah, having a few bowers. Yeah, what what great friends, Jesus. Yeah. When she when Elaine came up to his room in Berkeley that that one night. Yeah, how'd she get in? Well that's a good question. I mean she um she 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 probably knew the landlord, um uh, going off the themes of the oh, film. Yeah. But she, he went they they kissed once and then he's like, Let's get married. Yeah. I mean that's a bit of a jump, isn't it? I know Philadelphia is supposed to be pretty smooth, but that kind of throws it out the window. <laughs> I really uh, related to that scene because I do that all the time, and it, ah. for some reason it just never works out. I can only imagine I always have why. the ring ready to go, and it's like Brenton, first kiss. You put away that ring right now. Did you have Simon and Garfunkel on though? That's the question. Yeah, sound of silence. That's what you need. That's what <laughs> finishes the proposal. <laughs> Oh, it's happened seven times, guys. It's really bad. Brenton, put away the ring now. We don't want it out here. Oh, sorry. I just thought it was the moment was right. Anyway, um... <laughs> Special segments? Special segments! Ooh, so special. So, boys, I'll ask you first, actually, Logan. Do you reckon this movie is worth the remake? Uh... Definitely, I wouldn't be doing it to the T. I think there was a few. I think they're making a bit of blessed for sociopath. I think, I think it's, I think it's an important tale to tell the youth of today. Mm. Stray off the path while you're young, but don't stray too far. A valuable lesson you've you've taken in life, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's something I hold dearly to this day. But yeah, Logan I- is still very much on the path, you know. I'm not sure what path it is or where it's going, but he's on a path. Having beers and um, sunbathing, actually. That's the path. Oh, yeah. Sure. I, oh, oh the, you're raising some eyebrows, Logan. Yeah, for me, uh, the I don't know, like, because part of me would like to see this story done again. Like, I'd love to see a remake mm. done today in, like, a modern context and see how, like, modern technology and things like that, like, in yeah, a modern Yeah, because a lot of the movies, him just trying to call her, like, just get a phone call. Totally. Him, which, like, today would be solved in a heartbeat. While still respecting that it's based on a novel or whatever and, you know, and, and respecting the source material. But at the same time, like, this movie's good enough that it just holds up. Like, you know, like, it, it, and like we said, it's it's kind of timeless. Like, people still can relate to this and look into this and, and, and get something out of it. So, I think it would ha- the remake would have to do something pretty special. Kind of what Logan yeah. was gearing to say there. Like, I think I think it'd have, to, it'd have to keep it fresh enough, but also, like, not stray too far away from what this movie is kind of achieving. So, I don't know. I don't know. Who would star in it, Nathan? That's my question. I mean, I brought him up before. I think it'd be pretty funny seeing Tom Holland. Like, someone go really young. Yeah, you, yeah. I was going to say, you brought up Tom Holland before, and I think that'd be really interesting. Like, a re- like especially for him as act. To see him take on a role like that would be really interesting, because I think he's up for it. But like, I feel like Richard Madden from The Bodyguard, like, you kind of get those kind of vibes of Graduate. But he's but he's definitely older than 21, you could tell. Yeah. Yeah, there's still an age gap, though. I, I'd say he's too old. I think, I think Tom's a good choice, Nathan. Yeah, and then Impressionable young actor. That's what you need. Who would who would play uh, Mrs. Robinson? Or see, I reckon they should go really old, like proper old for it. How old are we talking? Not like Judy Dench old, more like like maybe like Michelle Pfeiffer or something like that. Meryl Streep. She too old. Oh, Meryl 
would do a good job of it. I think she'd be okay. Even, oh, who's on Basic Instinct? Chick? Even, oh, Sharon Stone. I'd be going like Lena, I'm not going to pronounce the name right, but Lena Hedy. Yeah, yeah, Game of Thrones one. Yeah. She's just got kind of, kind of malicious, well, depending if we're still going to aim for the malicious vibe (laughs) with her, but she's kind of got that, um. You know what, dude, that's actually a good pick. Tom Holland, Tom Holland and uh, Lena Hedy. That'd be good. That's a good cast. Isn't in Game of Thrones, she does that with one of the Lannisters? Like one of the cousin Lannisters? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Bloody, uh, is it Lancel? Yeah. Lancel Lannister? Yeah. She's pretty much Mrs. Robinson in that. Oh boy. Who would be the new Simon and Garfunkel though? Because I do think Ooh. a big part of the film passing its time is the soundtrack. Oh, I don't know. Maybe like like someone folky. Maybe like, I don't know, not Jack Johnson, but maybe like, I don't know, George Ezra or something like that. Or maybe Ed Sheeran. I could do some strumming on the guitar. I think Ed is too poppy. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Or would you just reuse the original soundtrack? Or do you go in like a completely different direction and you have like R&B or something? Or like, but you know what I mean? Like you do yeah. something like completely different with it and really modernize it. You could have like, like a trap kind of rap kind of version of it. If you're going to modernize it, like get like Wiz Khalifa or something. <laughs> well, Wiz Khalifa still be something that's um looked fondly back on in 50 years. Time. Yeah, that's Wiz thing. Khalifa is not the Simon and Garfunkel of the 2010s or 2020s. Well, take it back. How dare oh, I'm you? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I I don't know where I stand on it necessarily. I think I'd like to see a remake, but man, it would have to it have to live up to it. You know what I mean? And and Brenton, do you think these characters learnt the true meaning of Christmas? No. <laughs> No, and and just this special segment, by the way, like Logan looks very confused. So, true meaning of Christmas, we mean like like so. There's movies like It's a Wonderful Life, where obviously it's like, oh, what a film. Yeah, man, that's one yeah, of my favorites. Oh, uh, yeah, that it kind of means like, did the characters learn a lesson? Did they learn the moral the moral lesson of the movie? What do, are they going to be better off for going through this? And I say no, man. Yeah, like I said, like, <laughs> this movie is really dark. Like it's it's they didn't Dustin didn't learn anything. You know, he he no, he's, he's gonna. He's gonna he keep... does go through an arc. Like, he does change a little bit. Like Yeah, he does. But I feel like he thinks he's achieved something. Like, I think he thinks he's learnt the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> the neckman. But he actually happened. He has, He actually hasn't. Yeah. At the end of I the say. film, he's one, he's one less car. He's got a marriage. And he's still got no job. He still doesn't know what he's doing with his future. And he's kind <laughs> of, by the sounds of it, screwed up his dad's uh, legal partnership. Yeah. It's very 60s, I guess, living in the moment. Also, he could go to jail, because then they threaten, like, saying, we can take you to court and probably win. Like, he could just be arrested. But in saying that, it, again, it would that would be a total mess, because I think, we don't know what the husband's going off. Was the husband sold the same story that yeah. she raped? You know what I mean? We don't know yeah. if he sold the rape story. Like, I don't know if that would hold up in court. No. Because then, then they'd go, like, you could go to the hotel, like, guests that all seem to know this guy, and they'd be like, oh, no, they were coming here all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if oh, he would necessarily Oh, what a fucking idiot. I can't believe he took the daughter to the same hotel he fucked his mum. Yeah. Like, just take her to another bar. Take her somewhere else, oh, you know? Why would you take her to the same one? I thought that's, I thought that's why they picked it. It was the only bar open. That oh. ho- I think like, that hotel scene needs to mention as well, because I thoroughly enjoyed that whole thing. The, they all know. Having them. all the people go through the doors. The midget was just... There was a midget thrown in there just... <laughs> Out of nowhere. Just for some reason. How are you going, Mr. Gladstone? Yeah. <laughs> I love it as well when he first walks in and all the old people are walking out and then all the young ones run yeah. in. Yeah. Like, that's a good sequence. Yeah. Oh, my favourite scene in the whole movie was when he gay crashes that party and he meets, like, the family out the front. He's like, I'm not supposed to be here. They're just going to let him in. That's oh. what's so funny about it. And the old lady, she's so happy to meet him. Yeah, she's like, nice to meet It was so nice. And then it comes back later on yeah. when, like, you know, they all say, hi, Mr. Gladstone, hi, Mr. Gladstone, and then she knows who he is. So it's, like, obvious he's been there before. And then, I was, and then Lane, and Lane jumping to the point saying are you having an affair after that whole situation I was like pretty that's pretty ballsy to ask someone straight out that yeah very direct back then weren't they Mr. Gladstone I know what that means (laughs) oh Jesus the Gladstone let's see what stills this movie (laughs) oh it's blood
blinding. What stills this movie for our new listeners is a segment on the show where myself or Nathan or our guest, we, we pick a still, a single frame from the film that is either funny, that is interesting to talk about, or it's just a nice piece of cinematography that we can have an extended conversation about. Uh, we usually put this still so you guys can see it on our social channels, which are the links are below. So this is from a famous segment in the film. The dad's hyping it up. <laughs> the the initial seduction scene happens. It's, it's Dustin Hoffman's 21st birthday and the dad's out the front saying, oh, this is going to be awesome. We're going to bring him out here. And then we cut to this shot of what Dustin looks like and... He's in this full scuba outfit. Yeah. With, I think it's like a harpoon gun or something or like a... Yeah, like, and he's just standing there and he just slowly walks towards the camera. And it was the most... Biz- At this point in time, it was the most... Biz- and, like, we've seen a scene where Mrs. Mrs. Robinson's tried to seduce Dustin Hoffman. This overtook it as the most bizarre sequence... Mm. Like in well, the film, you, I, I get the metaphor. I can see why they're doing it because he feels like he's being literally drowned by his parents. Because they keep on pushing him back in the pool as well. They're like, ha ha ha, and they just like shove him under. Literally, at your twenty-first, did your parents ever throw you in some scuba gear and say you're going to uh, get? No, that did not happen to my. And 21st. you're going to do some tricks. You and know? The, tr- the trick being just float, just sink to the bottom. Oh, it's <laughs> so weird as well. Let's being a guest at a party. You're at a twenty-first, and the neck mint, like the host walks out in scuba gear and just like jumps in a pool. You'd be very confused. You'd be very confused. And then, like, you know, their father or whatever is like, that's my boy, and is like awkwardly like oh. clapping and then like looking at you knowingly, like you should be clapping also. And everyone's just kind of standing there awkwardly, like viewing it and just like slow clapping. And like. I, I think you, one of you guys mentioned earlier, but the pool is hella deep, like ridiculously deep. Yeah, it's got a proper diving board and everything. Yeah, man. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I guess, I guess if you're going, if you're jumping in there with a spear gun, I want to pull like that. Maybe they're playing to let, let loose a few, uh, a few cretins to shoot or something. I'm surprised they didn't like <laughs> Chekhov's gun it where the harpoon came back. Like he rocks up to the wedding with it. Oh, because he's a, you know, oh, boy. He was a sane boy. He would never do anything like that. No, no. He's not that violent. Oh, he does just grab across and swing it. <laughs> he goes to the zoo with the <laughs> harpoon gun. Not gonna make not gonna make any puns with the harpoon gun. <laughs> well guys, hey. Hey. Let's look at this movie's poster. Blenton. Yes. Let's look at this film's poster. But is it art? All right, here we go. Here's a bloody good poster, I tell you what. It's uh, what it looks like, uh, listeners, if you're not seeing it through the links, is that it's got like a frame of like Dustin Hoffman in the background and then the forefront is like Mrs. Robinson's leg kind of just like sticking out horizontally. And on the right of it is this like slogan that says, this is Benjamin. He's a little worried about his future. And then underneath is The Graduate. Yeah, this is a good poster. It's, it's pretty saucy, especially for the 60s. I, I like it. I like that it's kind of like, you know, we're in that like black and white. It's a piece of art. Uh, I like that he uses the orange as well, like the, the the black and white on the white with the orange. I think it works really well. Very stark. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm into this. That leg is iconic, especially the, the, the shot where like, you know, he's underneath her leg when he's like, I'm just thinking you're trying to seduce me. Like that, that leg is very prominent. Yeah, I don't think it could have been another image, really. No, probably not. I I wonder if it would have sold as well if they had him with the diving suit on those. The- <laughs> oh, a scuba movie, my favourite. People are like, I bet you he's going to go harpoon some great whites or something, and then he ended up harpooning something else. Oh, no. <laughs> and so, title talk. Ooh, it's the title. The Graduate. Was there a graduate in the movie The Graduate? There was a graduate in the movie The Graduate, so the literal use of the title was good. Do you like that it's called The Graduate? Because it's not really about him. I mean, it is about him graduating, but like, I thought the more natural title would be like Mrs. Robinson. Nah. It's a bit too to the point. Yeah. I, I like it because it's kind of going more with the theme of the movie of that someone's just, just graduated that's on the cusp of like, you know, starting their, you know, starting life, the world's their oyster. And I, I like it that it kind of refers to someone that's just kind of like, you know, has graduated or whatever and then like, is just lost.
cost. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of like it. You wouldn't change it for anything else? You want to keep it as it is? What would you call it? Because I'm happy with it, but it doesn't sound you're convinced, Nathan. Either Mrs. Robinson or, like, Simon and Garfunkel's Happy Hour. One of the two. <laughs> that would sell tickets I like how it's kind of an open-ended title because I you couldn't really capture everything that goes on in the film but also it does take some twists and turns that you wouldn't expect I don't know for that aspect instead of calling it Boy Sleeps With Mum Ruins Daughter's Wedding I, I like the I kind of how they've left it it's got more nuance this title doesn't it I think your suggestion of the title Logan would definitely have been more iconic can you imagine that on, can you imagine that on the poster with that image like people just go like is this a porno or like what is this this would sell tickets <laughs> let's pass that power to the people Pass it here. What? The power to the people. Ron Tomatoes gave this movie 86% from the critics and 90% from the audiences. And box office wise, this movie fucking swept. Because I think it cost like 10 mil to make, but it made, no, I think 5 mil, sorry. And then it, they made $100 million in America. But the rentals for this movie got the film an additional 85 million. Jesus. And I think I know why. Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> At home, they might have been pausing. For certain frames, if you know what I mean. Jesus, I that that didn't pop into my mind at all. It actually didn't though. Like so, I, I, I'm, yeah, yeah. Maybe this was the introduction of like you know some like saucy material for like home content. Yeah, maybe. And by saucy material, I'm referencing the scuba outfit and the harpoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you for clarifying that, Brenton. Stephen Farber from the Los Angeles Free Press. He didn't like it, boys. He wrote he wrote a negative review and he said it pretends to be chic and modern, but its hero is a bewildered young dropout who cannot begin to say what he dislikes about the view from his rubber raft. Do you think it pretends? I mean, he is he is thirty, so <laughs> <laughs> he's def- he's definitely pretending to be young. I th- I found um uh. Dustin's acting thoroughly convincing, though. I don't know about you guys, but like, yeah, I I did too. Did he win the Oscar for it? He uh he was nominated. I don't know if he won. Ooh. Mike Nichols won for director, I know that. Well deserved. Yeah. Philip Kemp from Total Film gives it a positive review and says, The dialogue's a joy, and Nichols furnishes impeccable comic comic timing. Utterly of its period, yet timeless. Yeah, I like that last sentence. Yeah. Do you think it being in the 60s holds it back, or do you like that it's kind of... 60s themed in that sense no I don't think like honestly like it was very faithful to the period because obviously that's when it was made no it didn't really cross my mind that it was like deterring me that it was like a period piece or something like from back in the day or that it was really like set in the 60s I was just kind of it was just kind of a background music to yeah it, you know? I was more invested yeah. in what was going on between the characters than I was really the setting yeah that's true fun fact though apparently the 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 leg used in the um, cover was actually a stunt leg. That's that's not her leg. <laughs> no, that's a fake leg. <laughs> really? Absolutely. This this is from seductive facts about <laughs> thegraduate.com. Jesus Christ, Logan. How long have you had that bookmarked in your browser? I had to get some quick content. God. Okay, Nikki gave it give it gave it four and a half stars and wrote, The Graduate is an amazing movie, but it's not really PG. I don't I don't know if I'd call this really PG, would you guys? I said I said I'd rate it MA, but that's just me. Yeah, I would have gone for at least M. There was boobies in it. You can't have boobies in PG. <laughs> There's a quote for the DVD. Just <laughs> Blobo X gave it five full stars. Wow. Blobo, big identifier with alien alienated youth. Oh, done, mate. We love Blobo's reviews on this show. Good on you, Blobo. Um, I quipscoped JFK wrote on YouTube, this is one of the most relatable films I've ever watched. <laughs> what the fuck is that? T- what the fuck is that name? <laughs> I hope he elaborates. <laughs> I'm a college student that's worrying about the future. I feel lonely and depressed, and I want to find love in a meaningful relationship. Now, with that comment, with that username... 
I'm raising some eyebrows, boys. That's very concerning. Yeah, especially that last line about um finding a meaningful relationship. I don't think this is the movie to get information or advice for that. Well, thank you, I quick scoped JFK for that wonderful insight into your oh. um psyche. L L F T A L P Metal Man says they don't love each other. They just love being rebellious. Brilliant. What do you think about that? Do you reckon it's they actually do form a love, or is it more about oh they're in a similar situation? Like as in the young couple. Yeah, yeah, young couple. Yeah, I think to a certain extent, I could see that. I think I think there's a genuine affection more so from her for him. Uh, I, think, I think she's more genuine, like genuinely like considers him and like you know is is really kind of attracted to him and can't probably get him off her mind to a certain degree. He's he's uh he's the same, but like as we discussed before, I think I think there's more going on there than just her. It's also about he never like puts himself aside for her. That's true. Whereas all healthy relationships like need that. If he had her best interests at heart, you know, he'd probably back off and go, you know what, this probably wouldn't work out, you know, for no. obvious reasons. <laughs> but he just he just he just keeps on going forward. And uh yeah, yeah. that's 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 the graduate. <laughs> We graduated. Before I wrap things up, I'll just quickly thank our lovely listeners. Thank you for always tuning in. And please tell us your thoughts on this film because I'm really excited to hear what people think. I think there might be some differing opinions out there. We'll get all these letters. Like, now I slept with an older woman. <laughs> oh, jeez. Please don't treat this as a psychology lesson, guys. Uh, no, no, Brenton's a working psychologist. He can he can answer your questions. I'm begging you. Please don't. Please tweet at us your thoughts on the film. Let us know on the Instagram comments, on YouTube, or just send us an email. Let us know. The big thing i got to do at the end of this episode is thank our lovely guest, Logan, for joining the show thanks logan hey nathan you never would have seen well you might have seen this movie but like we never would have reviewed this movie on the show had logan not introduced no it. and you know what actually i am grateful for that logan that's okay nathan uh and th- thank you thank you Brenton, for having me on the show and and nathan as well of course oh, well, another big note to point out is nathan actually gets all of his tv suggestions from me as well so i'm surprised i'm very disappointed you didn't you didn't give that a mention as well but i i thought a clear part of nathan's personality was the fact that like you know he was so cultured and went out and like chose his own tv shows i I didn't know that he went very far to find the tv shows in my catalog so it's just not true i mean you have recommended some like good shows in the past logan you know but (laughs) wait how good is the night manager though we watched chernobyl together when we lived together that was good Logan, I would just be really depressed <laughs> after each episode. Oh, it's it's not a fun watch, I'd say. But uh, Logan, honestly, it's been a blast having you on the show, mate. Thank you to our lovely listeners out there, and we will see you next week. Logan, I'm really sorry that we chose your house to record, so uh, we just might sidle out. You know, this has just got to stop. You know, we've been doing it for too long. You know what I mean? So just, just please, let us go, and don't blackmail us or threaten us. We'll just leave, okay? That's all right, boys. Just, uh, just don't hit on my daughter, hey? Ah, uh, classic Logan. 